What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Primal Baseball Podcast. If you haven't done so already, follow us at Primal Baseball, P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We got some content coming out for you. And if you want to be a guest on the show or think you know somebody that would or would be a cool interview to have, email us at PrimalBaseball, P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L at gmail.com. Now let's get to the episode today. Today I have Alex Reynolds on. Alex was a former roommate of mine. He may have had some uh, some stories to tell at the end, <laughs> but uh, he's a former roommate at Babson. He is a catcher at Babson, and he is now in professor, professional player development with the Red Sox. So I'm going to turn it over to him to let him introduce himself even further. Yeah, thanks, Jordy. I'll uh, I'll definitely have you know definitely have some stories. Uh, you know, some probably good to tell, some probably not. But yeah, Jordy and I were we were teammates at Babson for a couple of years. Um, yeah, so I grew up around Babson in Hopkinton, Massachusetts, so about half hour west of Boston. Um, went to Babson for five years actually. So after Jordy and I graduated, uh, he went off to Northeastern, and I stayed another year at Babson and got a master's degree in um, business analytics. And then when I graduated, I took an internship in Florida with Cressy Sports Performance as a pitching intern. And then um, when that wrapped up right before spring training, I, I jumped on with the Red Sox. And uh, this year I was a development coach with uh, with their high A affiliate in Greenville, South Carolina. It was a great experience. Yeah. And we'll go back. We're going to get into the Red Sox stuff later on, but we're going to go back even before Babson. We I just want to get a base for for the listeners on you. Where like for those who don't know you, you're a baseball guy through and through. It's not it's not like something that came on late. It's always been there for you in high school. And, and as, I mean, as soon as I met you sophomore year, you were just one of the guys that was, was always about baseball, whether you were talking baseball, playing the show, which I did beat you once. You made me, you made, uh, you made me force quit. That was my, my moment, moment uh, in glory. But uh, yeah, so where did you, where did you fall in love with baseball? Like, Take me, take me back to the spot. Maybe it was a certain moment, or maybe it was a bunch of moments together. But where, where was that moment for you where you like realized this is it? Like this is a sweet thing that I get to do. Yeah, I mean, it really started with my dad. Uh, you know, like there are pictures of me as like a two-year-old, you know, sitting on his lap watching Red Sox games. So really, him, he, you know, never played like he wasn't a high school player, college player, anything like that. But he loved the game. And, you know, I I don't ever remember a time where I didn't just love baseball. You know, we would watch games together. He taught me about the game, you know, played Little League. Um, And I'd say really where like my passion as a player took off was probably, you know, around seventh, eighth grade and then going into high school. knew I wanted to play in college and then, you know, in college wasn't good enough. Anyone can look it up. Wasn't good enough to play professionally, but I still love the game. And, um, you know, I knew I wanted to get involved, uh, coaching, uh, or coaching or an analyst, whatever it might've been. And, you know, have really developed a passion the last couple of years for, for, you know, using, technical skills and being able to interpret data and as well as, you know, some of my playing experience, but at the professional level uh, and being able to 
you know, to coach at the professional level has been a tremendous experience. But yeah, I mean, yeah, really going back as, as early as I can remember, I've always just loved the game of baseball. Yeah, that's awesome. And and as you were like moving in into high school playing, were you playing multiple sports all the way up through or was it was it mostly just just baseball? Yeah, I mean, baseball was always the main thing for sure. Um, growing up, I also played basketball in the winter. Um, you know, as a five ten, you know, pudgy kid from Massachusetts, basketball was not meant for me. Uh, so that that kind of ended, I, I think, eighth grade. Yeah, eighth grade was my last year playing. Um, I never played like high school basketball or anything. I played a year of freshman football, um, and then you know, after my freshman year, it was baseball only. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, enjoyed sports, but always knew that it was baseball that I wanted to do and kind of the reasoning, you know, my sophomore year, not going back to football or anything um, was, you know, it was kind of like the injury risk, like football was great, loved it. It was great for, you know, athletic development and, you know, the camaraderie is unbelievable if you play football, um, but, you know, didn't want to go into a spring with torn ACL or something like that and miss baseball season. Um, you know, I definitely think that playing multiple sports, you know, you see a ton of guys, you know, especially being around professionals now, most of them did play two, if not three sports. I think it's tremendous for a lot of these guys to do. I wasn't super athletically blessed. So, you know, catching and being the, the you know, the slow base runner was, was kind of my game, but yeah, I mean, definitely, I think, you know, playing other sports or, you know, at, at least, you know, making non-baseball movements part of your training is definitely a good thing to do at, you know, a young age through high school, all of that for sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the kids that are, are listening to this, like most of the kids that I was working with this summer, this fall, um, a lot of them are, are struggling with like that, that decision to make, whether it's, am I going to play football? Like, should I focus on baseball? Like when should I focus on baseball? And, and I think just listening to you um, hopefully kind of pushes them in the right direction. Like it's okay to, to go, go that specific route, you know, as a sophomore in high school and, and make that decision if that's what you want to play in, in, in college. But when you're younger, like 10 and 12 years old, just, just play what you want to play, like have fun with, with all the different sports. And then as you get closer to that college level, right, freshman year, maybe you could start playing all the other sports, but sophomore year might be the year where you're, you're kind of thinking about what you want to do in college and, if you want to specialize, like that might be the time, but also you could still play, play two sports. Maybe if you, if you weren't ready to, to give up, you know, the, the majority of your sports, depending on how many you play. Um, but I also think this is a good kind of segue into recruiting because obviously these guys are trying to get recruited to go play college baseball. Like if they're specializing, that's what they want to do. So, you know, I think we had different recruiting experiences. I, um, I'm from Vermont. We didn't really, I didn't really have many colleges looking at me and I didn't really understand the process. It was just kind of like throw the ball down the middle and hope somebody says like, come, come pitch for me. Um, so how was that? How was the recruiting process for you? And how did that unfold? Like any tips or advice for kids who are um, sophomores or juniors in, in high school that are looking to get picked up by, you know, D3, D1, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of, you know, I was a good high school player, uh, you know, a small school 
in Massachusetts. So, you know, my goal was always D1, D1, D1. And as it kind of went on, it was, you know, like maybe you're good enough. Probably not. Turns out it was definitely the right decision not to go to a Division One school. You yeah. know, we Babson was a was a great, uh, you know, really good Division Three school. You know, we went to the College World Series. We were competitive every single season. Uh, you know, my advice, you know, even a guy like you know didn't play a ton. You know, had played behind some really talented players. Uh, had a chance to play towards the end of my career, but I do not regret it for a second. And you know, my decision to go to Babson, the school was tremendous. Uh, you know, the coaching staff was great, uh, all of that stuff. And I, I would say advice to someone going through the process is, you know, to cast a wide net at first, right? Like you want to find all your options, but then really find a place you're going to be happy. And the more you can find out about the team culture, the better. Um, I think that is the, the biggest takeaway from Babson was, you know, it was special, you know, the, the team that we had, how close everyone was, all of those things. And it really does matter, you know, even as a guy who, you know, really didn't really didn't play, you know, consistently until the end of my career, still some of the best years of my life, you know, being a backup, being a guy who's going to play, you know, twice a week on a team that's going to compete and where you're competing with your best friends and really, Babson was a place where you were playing with 30, 35, 40 of your best friends every day, you know, so if you can find, you know, if you go somewhere for a visit or a fall practice or whatever, and, you know, it's a dead environment, you know, guys don't seem close, you know, the, the coaches don't seem great, like, it's probably something to consider, right? Like, I just remember our practices, everyone's competing against each other, everyone, but everyone has a good attitude about it, right? Guys are encouraging one another. Um, and everyone was so dedicated to winning. Uh, it was it was really a special place for sure. Not something you find at any level, let alone the Division three level. You know, so don't get caught up in, you know, D one, D two, D three. You know, obviously some kids are that like shoe in D one. Um, you know, really talented players. Um, but the guys kind of on that that fringe part. That doesn't mean don't go to Division one. But if there's somewhere that you know one, you know that you have a really good chance to be an impact player right away and the school itself seems like a good fit. That's, you know, that's probably the right spot for you, you know, just weigh everything. And, you know, you even see kids, you know, if you go to a D3 and, and you're better than everyone in division three, there are, there are guys who have opportunities to go on and play at the next level where you go to a D1 and you just kind of burn out, don't play much, then, you know, sometimes you might even have a better shot. You know, it's not common, but it definitely happens uh, for sure. I mean, I think you're, an example of that, right? Like you played at every single college level you could. You started D2, went D3, playing Division One. you know, you're still training, still trying to play professionally. Like you have a shot at that dream still, you know, like you're a great example of that, you know, now with especially COVID and transfer portal and NILs and all that stuff, like there's opportunities to move around. Uh, there's opportunities to move up levels and, you know, really your your happiness and you know the team that you're going to be on in addition to the school you're going to academically is you know really two big considerations yeah one of the like most important things that i want kids to take out of that is just understanding understanding the the culture like 
the culture behind where you're going is, is probably one of the most important things. And I didn't really get that when I was in high school. I was always, I'm just going to go to a good baseball school, go to a good baseball school. Like, that's all I want. That's all I want. Um, I went to a good baseball school out of high school, a D2 school. Um, but it, it turns out it wasn't what I was looking for. It wasn't what I what I really needed. Like, we had the good baseball, but something felt like it was missing for me. It was, there was no team. It was kind of everyone for themselves. And I didn't, I didn't feel the chemistry. I didn't feel the culture. I didn't feel the values and the, the character that I was looking for. So I went in search with that. And that's, that's how I ended up transferring over to Babson, which was probably top two decisions of my life. Like <laughs> to, to go to school with, with Alex and, and all of my, my teammates who are now my brothers and, and, you know, we'll keep in touch as long as we live, but like all those, all those decisions, it really, you need to make a decision based on more than just baseball. When it comes down to it, obviously there's exceptions for guys who are <clears throat> getting, getting paid uh, a lot of money to go to play D1. But if you're not one of those guys and you're kind of on the fence between a really good D3 school, that's going to give you good academics and give you a good culture. And it's going to be fun to play every day. That might be more developmentally, um, <clears throat> beneficial for you than going to a D1 school that is is good at baseball, but maybe the coaching staff and, and the players you're not going to fit in with. So yeah, definitely like when you go to the school, if you're touring a school, try to picture yourself there. Try to see if you can see yourself meshing with the team. If you get to go to a practice, see how they go about their practices, see if they're locked in, see if people are like having fun. And I don't mean goofing around, but I mean like there's a way to have fun and, and still be locked in. And, and that was an amazing thing that I got to experience for three years at Babson. And when, when cultures are like that and teams are like that, good things happen. And, you know, we went to the world series sophomore year and, um, had junior year taken away, but senior year we're okay as well. So, um, yeah, just, just <clears throat> maybe taking a step back and looking at, at kind of the bigger picture of where you're, where you're going to go as far as getting recruited and really making sure that, that you're making a, an investment into your future, not just, just baseball, just from mistakes that I've made. And, and like Alex said, playing at, playing at all three divisions, um, the two, the two schools that I had the most fun at were, were because of the culture and the values that the guys around me had. And it was, uh, off the field too. Like we were doing everything together. So, um, that's something to definitely take into account when you're looking at your choices of, of college and we can move into, to your, I mean, we kind of already touched on your Babson experience, but maybe you could go through, you know, you were there a year before me. So going through your, your freshman year, what it was like, and then you can even lead up to, to your injury and, and rehab and, and that kind of stuff. So I'll just let you, let you take the wheel with that. Yeah. Uh, my freshman year, uh, was a very, very talented team. Um, and you know, I stunk it up in the fall. So pretty early on, it was, you know, and also playing behind, you know, Sean Harrington, D3 guy, played on the Cape, you know, all that stuff. Like, it was very much, uh, you know, I had a role on that team that wasn't, you know, a, a guy who was starting on the field every single day. It was more in the bullpen, helping guys get ready, all that stuff. Uh, you know, we made a deep, deep run into the NCAA tournament. We were, you know, went away from going to the College World Series, uh, you know, which I think was probably a big part of us going the next year, right? Everyone had that taste in our mouth. We needed to win one and we lost two, um, you know, so it was 
you know, it was definitely a great introduction to college baseball. Uh, and it was, you know, a wake up call to what it took to be a championship team and to be one of the best teams in the country. You know, every single person, you know, whether you were, you know, the ace, whether you were, you know, the three hitter, or if you were, you know, a guy like me who, you know, was playing in, in practice and in your squads while guys got their innings in and was catching bullpens and was trying to be a team guy, like all those people definitely matter. Uh, and, you know, it was a team that, you know, let you know that that stuff mattered. It was a really cool team to be a part of. Um, and then sophomore year, um, you know, I had got a lot better. Uh, it lit a fire under me freshman year, you know, wanting to get better and be a part of a team, you know, be a you know, playing part of, of that team that was going to play at that level. Uh, you know, it's probably, I don't know, playing two games a week, some of the midweek games, um, and, you know, about 15, 20 games in. Had a freak injury uh, catching, ended up tearing my UCL, um, was out for the year, you know, and then even put me more so and kind of, you know, one of those people who definitely was not going to be playing uh, and really learning how to be a teammate, even at some points through the offseason, you know, having to sit in the stands when you get to, you know, all the limit dugout limitations and all that. Um, it was tough, but, you know, it was, we went to the World Series and, you know, we, I think we, we displayed ourselves well, right? Like we, you know, lost a couple heartbreakers, you know, won a thriller, you know, we, we definitely put on a good show for people. Uh, it was great. And then, you know, kind of fast forward to junior year, I was cleared fully from my injury for one day. And, and then the next day, the season got canceled. You know, so kind of a crazy whirlwind there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Tommy John stuff itself, um, you know, the good thing about if you're a guy who has that surgery is you can come back from it for sure. Uh, you know, you're not the only person probably even at your school, even if it's a high school, there's a chance that, you know, someone else has already gone through it. Um, and, you know, if you stick to your program, if you, you know, find a good physical therapist and you have, you know, good ATs around you and all that stuff, uh, you know, you can, you know, you can be confident that as long as you put the work in, do what you're supposed to do, that you're going to be back. And definitely one thing I learned is not to rush it. Uh, and, you know, that's something Coach Noon said to me day one. He's like, don't rush it back. You know, you'll be back when you're ready. You know, all that stuff. And, you know, I, I think I did a pretty good job of that. But there were definitely parts of me that was like, all right, let's push the envelope. Like, I know I can do this. I know I can do that. Um, but, you know, looking back at it, like, it was definitely a really good learning experience uh, for sure you know, learned a lot about myself, you know, there were days that you felt terrible, there were days that you felt really good, uh, you know, having the, you know, ability mentally to either rein yourself in or push yourself, uh, for sure, uh, you know, was was a difficult thing, uh, for, you know, at times, but it was, you know, definitely, you know, taught me a lot about myself, like I said, uh, and at the end of the day, I, I did come back and I was healthy and I, you know, was able to play again, for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, those first three years at Babson was definitely a ton of ups and downs, you know, parts of very good teams, you know, beginning to become, you know, a piece that was playing and then have it shut down and then, you know, COVID and coming back and all that stuff. So it, it was, it was definitely crazy, but I wouldn't trade it for the world looking back. That's for sure.
Yeah, I, I, that's just really cool also to, I mean, I was there to, to kind of see it and see see the rehab, see you you get back and then have to handle another obstacle of COVID and then come back and, and get shut down and, and just the ups and downs, like you said. But, um, you know, for the guys out there who, who are getting injured or dealing with failure or whatever, like just, just look at Alex and, and see, right, like, if you can ride those ups and downs, if you can, if you can use the downs as a time to build, like you're going to come out on the other side, a lot stronger, a lot better, um, as a player, as a man, as a person, like all, all the above. And, and eventually like you look at him now, he's, he's a professional coach for the Red Sox. So he didn't turn out too bad. Uh, so definitely, definitely, definitely in those downs, just, just be looking, looking for how you can can use that as an opportunity to get better and, and build from that. And I want to use use the the end of your Babson career as um, I know you did business analytics, right? You got the is it the masters in in business analytics? Yeah, yeah, it's a master of science and business analytics. It was one of the the three programs they offered there. Yeah, so I I, I think senior year, Alex and I were in a in a maybe a marketing analytics class or something. I definitely didn't do as well as he did. I, uh, I was sleeping for a bunch of it cause it was online, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I wanted you to talk a little bit about, right. Like how business can be translated into baseball development. Cause it might seem like this crazy disconnect between the two, but it seems that you've almost flawlessly combined the two. Like when you were at Cressy, maybe you could talk about what you were doing, but just how you took this, business i know it's analytics so they play into the plays a role in baseball but how you took the business background and then mixed that and interconnected it with your your baseball background yeah for sure i mean you know kind of babson's thing right is entrepreneurship uh and problem solving and you know creating value with you know the skill set that you have you know that is all a hundred percent transferable into the coaching world or the the baseball world you know without a doubt you know they're every single you know player you deal with every you know up and down in your season like it's problem solving for sure and you know a lot of times you have to be creative um you know and not only use yourself but you know use the rest of the coaching staff uh to come up with ideas to how to you know develop guys uh you know how to win that night all of those things you know so certain like if anything that i pulled out of Babson, it, it was that kind of you know problem solving entrepreneurial mindset uh, that, you know, is going to be beneficial to someone, you know, no matter what the, no matter what they do with their career, uh, you know, that's, that's for sure. Um, you know, and then the analytics side of it, um, you know, when I went to, to Cressy uh, as a pitching intern, um, you know, I took on some analytical projects, uh, you know, the skills that I learned in school, you know, being able to, you know, do stuff in R and Tableau and all those different, different platforms where, you know, I was using them on pretty much a day-to-day basis, you know, building out models for them um, that they could use with their players, all that stuff. You know, I, I think the, the cool thing about, you know, whether it's Babson or just any business school, you know, especially analytics is, you know, there's no, you know, there's no market out there that, that doesn't use analytics on a day-to-day basis. And there, there's no company in the world that doesn't need people that can use problem solving skills. And that's outside of business and that's outside of sports for sure. Um, but yeah, I would, 
you know, I, I think the thing that I did well that, you know, has given me, you know, a job that I love is that, you know, I was able to take my education and then swing it into things that I was passionate about and, you know, use the skills I developed, uh, you know, to perform in, you know, my day to day job. But definitely my education was the root of that for sure. Yeah. And, and what what was kind of the spark that that got you into coaching? Was it you were into coaching before you applied to that Cressy job or was it kind of a, a culmination of just being down at Cressy and, and interacting with the players like, oh, this is a cool thing. And, and then it developed from there. How how did that come about? Yeah. So I knew I wanted to work in baseball. It was number one. Um, and it's a very, very hard industry to get into um, where even, you know, after getting undergrad and graduate degrees, uh, it wasn't having a ton of luck, you know, here and there, maybe something would pop up where I'd talk to someone or whatever, but, uh, you know, the internship with, with Cressy ended up being a good opportunity for me. You know, we had, you know, world-class athletes there, um, and they needed, you know, part of the reason I got the job was because I had the analytics background and that was something that they needed some help with. Um, so I went down there and, you know, I didn't really know do I want to be an analyst? Do I want to be a front office guy or do I want to be a coach? Uh, and that job gave me the ability to do both. And really, you know, there, you know, I can speak very highly of all the coaches that they have there, especially on the pitching side, the guys I worked with every single day, you know, they taught me how to be a coach. They taught me how to look at things, you know, through a strength and conditioning uh, lens and all of that and really, you know, created a pretty, unique skill set for myself where I had, you know, the ability to analyze data, put things together uh, for baseball players on that end. And then also, you know, was at the beginning of my coaching career and, you know, had, you know, a unique mindset, like I said before, that not a lot of people had. Um, and, you know, from there, I definitely learned that coaching was my passion for sure, um, that I loved being on the field, hands-on with players and kind of like going on, on journeys with those individuals when they, when they, you know, came into our office at the beginning of the off season and talked about what they wanted to do, what they needed to get better at, and then kind of helping them guide them to do that. And, you know, obviously, you know, you have a couple hundred athletes, if you're not able to do that with everybody, but it makes you want to do it more, right. It makes you want to get better, um, you know, in the challenge of, you know, the challenge of being a coach for those guys, especially, you know, you know, we probably had like 50, 60, 70 guys with major league service time, you know, guys doing it at the highest level. It was definitely, you know, a really cool experience that just made me super passionate about coaching. Um, and, you know, yeah. and uh, my mindset was use the analytical skills that I have to help me be a coach. You know, I didn't want that to be the only thing I did. All right, Alex cut out for a second, but we're going to start back up. He was just talking about, Cressy and and his business analytics background but with the business analytics background could you talk to us a little bit I know you've only been um, in the Red Sox organization for I think two years now is that right this will be my second year uh, 2024 yeah okay so could you talk a little bit about just from being around the guys you know if, if kids are interested in in trying to get into the industry like like you said, it's a very tough one to break into, but what are the greatest skills that um, you've seen that are needed in, in these types of baseball jobs? And I guess more more on your side, you can talk for the operations because I know the business side is a little bit more um, 
more like a an actual corporation or a business but as far as um the player development b- baseball operation side maybe you could touch on that yeah definitely um, yeah i mean i think you know one you know people who have those problem solving skills for sure uh and you know people that can you know offer a unique mindset you know or even just unique thoughts right ideas a fresh perspective all of those things um but you know most importantly you know and really like most importantly being able to be a good communicator and like have as simple as it sounds like half feel honestly if you're going to be player facing you're going to be in a dugout you're going to be in a locker room um you know the ability to communicate with players from different backgrounds the ability to you know respond to questions and communicate on the fly is is huge uh you know and a lot of those you know the interviews are tough and they try to you know put you in tough situations ask tough questions all those things to see how you react in in those situations uh like definitely i mean yeah like advice that i would give you know to kids who want to do that you know i think the internship was awesome for me Uh, i learned a lot you know i i don't think if I had gotten job in baseball, even right out of college without that, that I would have been, you know, in this role now, or, you know, good in this role now, you know, I learned a ton. I learned how to communicate with players and then how to level with players too, right? Like you're not going to be able to communicate with every single guy the same way. Um, You know, especially in affiliate baseball, right? Like we had, you know, we're in one of the lower levels, we're in a ball. So like we had kids who, you know, it was their first year ever in the United States, right? Like their first full year in the States, they barely spoke English or, you know, some of them better than others, or some of them might've been here a little longer, but, you know, being able to communicate sometimes without a lot of language or in a different language, like all of those things are skills you got to develop. Um, and you can definitely do it on the fly, but if you come in with the base of, you know, you're a good communicator, you have ideas and you know how to bring them about, like those are all, you know, even aside from what, you know, like just the ability to do those things is huge. Yeah. And then on the other side of, of the, the other side of, of the coaching experience, the player experience, what are some of the things that you've observed as a coach, like the biggest maybe differences from college players that you see in pro guys and how they go about their, their daily activities and and tasks, whether it's on the field or off the field and, and what are some qualities and characteristics that you see of, of those successful guys that are, that are moving up in, in the baseball world playing wise? Yeah. I mean, definitely college and professionals different, right? Where, you know, professional, they are professionals. It's their job. Like that's what they're here to do. Um, where college, you know, you obviously got a lot of things going on. Um, but you know, that doesn't mean that our guys don't have free time or, you know, college guys might even have a little bit more busy schedule, but you know, the guys who are the best professionals, like they take everything a day at a time, you know, the guys, you know, as best you can, you know, you show up the same person every single day in terms of work ethic, right? Like everyone's got stuff that they're dealing with, right? Like, you know, some guys might be having family issues or personal issues, whatever, but you know, when you show up to the ballpark, when you show up to the gym that day, you know, you're able to, you know, just put your head down and work uh, and, you know, not just work blindly, but have something that you're going for. Um, You know, I think something that we do a good job of as an organization, I think that, you know, something that, you know, high school, college kids could, 
you know, take out of it is like, find your lowest hanging fruit, you know, as a player, you know, find the thing that you're the worst at and just viciously attack it until it's not the thing you're the worst at anymore. Right. Like find, find the thing that you need to do better and don't stop until you do it well. Um, and you know, and by doing that, you know, the, the professionals who are able to do that really well, just like work relentlessly, you know, that's, that's their job. You know, they, they want to be in the major league someday and that doesn't just happen. You know, uh, there, there are certainly guys who are just God gifted talent, you know, they're, they're better than everyone else, but you know, for 99% of guys, like they had to bust their tail to get there, um, you know, and just never settling, you know, and there's always something in your game you can work on, you know, and I think that's any sport. I don't think that's just, that's just baseball, like any skill, you know, skill acquisition, you know, do it until, you know, obviously find ways to incorporate different stuff into your training and, you know, differentiation and all those stuff. But if you can dedicate yourself to a goal and don't stop till you get there, you know, it becomes really hard to stop you. Yeah. And I, I think that, tr- that tr- is deeper than, than just baseball. I think that transcends just baseball, the baseball realm, just in life in general. Like you don't have to, if you're listening to this and you're not a baseball player, like if whatever you're trying to go for professionally, like just take, take what these guys are doing, the characteristics, the qualities and apply it to, to the specific goals and, and wants and interests that you have. So, you know, if you want to be the best, I don't, I don't know if you want to be the best doctor in the world, like take what they're doing and apply it to, to med school or apply it to your studies. And same thing with somebody who, who maybe doesn't want to, want to play professional baseball they're just playing baseball and they're doing school on the side but you can take all these things and and apply them to your life however they need to fit in um in your specific individualized your your path so yeah i also just wanted to get your your thoughts on the best part of your job uh doesn't have to i know i know that like everything else like even in baseball there's ups and downs and but but what is kind of the the most fulfilling thing that you've you've experienced and on, on the, on the job site. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say anything other than the best part of my job is wearing a baseball uniform to work. You know, that's the easy answer. Um, you know, I think, you know, we, we we're fortunate enough. We, we won a championship this year in, uh, you know, minor league city. That was tremendous. You know, we had, you know, five to six, 7,000 people just about every single game, you know, the place was packed. Like, that was an unbelievable experience that I don't think I'll ever forget, you know, whether, you know, I'm in Greenville again or somewhere else, like it was a pretty special place, pretty special experience to do that for a full season. Um, I think outside of those, you know, things that are just plain fun, right? Like just the baseball stuff. That's fun. Uh, You know, seeing guys develop over the course of a season, you know, not only like, skill wise, but maturity wise, and, you know, how their, you know, approaches change, how the way they attack the game changes, um, you know, and then also the skill part, like being able to have a group of guys that, you know, you you either have for a full year and they get much better, or, you know, then obviously the goal is to get them closer to Fenway, right? So the, you know, we sent, I don't even know, close to 20 guys, probably up to double A, you know, some guys ended up in AAA even by the end of the year. Like it was, you know, being able to see that 
uh, you know, and being my first year in the system, uh, you know, hopefully year two, year three, year four, all of those things, you know, eventually there will be guys playing at Fenway Park, you know, and that to me is going to be super cool. And, you know, not necessarily that it's absolutely not, you know, me or any coaches, like we got them there. Like, no, like you were, you know, you were there with them when they were developing and, you know, you helped probably guide them, but, you know, they put in the work, they did all those things. And to see those guys achieve their goals and, you know, reach the big leagues or reach whatever level, like that's the most rewarding part of the job. And I'm looking forward to it when it is a big league thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and, and hopefully one day we'll, uh, we'll see you in, in Fenway Park managing or, or yeah. coaching or, or whatever. Um, the same guys <laughs> that you, you coach on the way up. So that'll be a cool, that'll be a cool treat to see too. But, uh, I want to, we'll, we'll close the podcast with some, with some good stuff and, and we'll go baseball first and then we can talk more about some personal stuff. But, uh, what is, uh, sure. what are some trends? What are some trends that you're seeing in, uh, in the baseball world today? Like the biggest trends that maybe people don't know about yet, or, you know, you're kind of uncovering them as you go. Maybe you don't have any, but. Yeah. I mean, new trends, you know, I'm not too sure. Obviously there's a lot of, you know, developments in terms of analytics and all that stuff, right? Like, you know, and without giving away the Red Sox secret sauce or anything, um, you know, obviously yep. there's yep. a lot of things that, you know, you can do with data and being able to interpret it and you can take some of the guessing out of, of coaching for sure. It's valuable. Um, and I was fortunate to work for, you know, work as an assistant to a really, really good pitching coach uh, this season in Greenville and, you know, a guy who's been a pitching coach at the Red Sox since before I was born, you know, like you don't do that by accident, right? Like you do that for a long time because you're really good at it. Um, and yep. you know, a lot of, you know, people who have coached that long, uh, you know, get pushed out of the game, but he hasn't because he's adapted, right? Like he can look at a trackman, a trackman report and, and read it and understand everything it's saying and be able to, you know, on the fly, go over it with players and, all of that stuff and being able to learn from a guy like that, uh, you know, teaches the value of still being able to have, you know, the old baseball values too, right. Being able to have feel as a coach, being able to understand the mental side of the game, you know, knowing what to say at a mound visit, you know, knowing how to run a pitching staff, all those things, they still matter for sure. Right. Like obviously date is a big part and uh, all of that, right. Like we have more access to, to more information than we ever have in, in the baseball world. Um, but, you know, I think one thing to never lose mindset of is that those little things still definitely matter, uh, especially when you're in the day-to-day -day of a minor league or a major league season, you know, and being able to, to coach, coach players as people. Uh, you know, they are, they are people, and a lot of them are pretty much kids, right? Like you're dealing with, you know, 17, 18, 19-year-old kids, um, that are still learning. Um, so, you know, as, as much as, you know, I, I even do it myself, right? Like you get caught up in all the numbers and all of those things, but it's important to remember that there's a human on the other side of it. And, you know, I, like I said, I was fortunate enough to work for a pitching coach who had a really good feel of that, uh, and being able to, you know, coach guys different ways and communicate and all that stuff. So, you know, not a, not a new trend or anything. Um, but kind of matching the, analytics data side to the human side of the game too um 
is something that I that I hope that we don't lose touch for. Yeah, that was a uh, the last question I had, and you you didn't even need me to ask it; you just answered it, which was awesome. But I, you know, again, just understanding that even at the professional level, they're not getting so carried away in these analytics and 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 the data. Like that's a huge part of baseball, and that will continue to be, and and there'll be new discoveries and For new sure. breaking technology that comes that comes out, but to understand that it's also going to be a human game. Like you have to understand the human element. Like maybe, maybe the, the, the data can't tell, can't tell how the guy slept last night or he can't tell, you know, his, he's been struggling mentally at the plate or he had an error. He's dealing with something off the field. Like all those things play in um, that maybe necessarily data can't read and can't see. So it's really cool to, to see that even at the professional level, it's not all about data. It's very important. Like data is a very important resource and tool. And there's a lot of very important resources and tools in this game. But also we have to understand that the players are humans and, and everything's not going to go perfect. Like you can, you can say that this pitch is the best pitch to throw. Um, but maybe in, in a certain situation with this guy feeling the way he does, it's, it's not. So it's all, it's all, uh, nothing's set in stone. It's not black and white. There's a lot of gray area. So, I think that's just really, really cool and something to keep in mind. And as we finish this podcast now, we're going to, we're going to get into the, probably the best, the best part that I'm looking forward to, but now's the time for, for Alex to, you know, maybe he'll, he'll, he'll be a little, maybe PG with this, but just if, if he wants to talk about any funny stories that the listeners might not know um, and, and yeah, go ahead about about us in college or me in college or whatever yeah um i remember you know the first year uh with jordy there were some times that i just you know i, I just wanted to kill him you know I'd, I'd get back to my room or whatever and, and jordy would be uh you know in, in my room shirtless you know doing uh push-ups and sit-ups or like single-legged squats off chairs or whatever and i'm just you know shaking my head looking at him um and then when I had, you know, the, the privilege of, uh, of being his roommate, uh, I would always know, yeah. yeah, the privilege of being his roommate, I would always know if Jordy was, was in our room or not. Uh, because, you know, when I was walking down the street, getting closer to our dorm building, if I just heard the constant thud of a lacrosse ball off of our wall, you know, which you could hear from outside for sure. I would know that, you know, he was just sitting in the common room using my uh, catcher's mitts or the training mitts that we had, uh, you know, the importance of, of our ace being able to, you know, stick a ball at the bottom of the strike zone. Uh, you know, he was just constantly working on his craft. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yep. in all seriousness, like as much as I would give him crap for it, right? Like he, you know, Jordy's a great guy to do this podcast because he really was like tireless worker, like, you know, always oh, like gym rat, you know, always looking for ways to be better, you know, whether it was reading something or watching something or, you know, mind was always on baseball. Um, so there were plenty of funny stories that came from it, uh, you know, with Jordy, uh, you know, doing weird things and, you know, weird settings. Uh, but it was all yeah. for him trying to get better. Um, and, you know, looking back, like, it was awesome. And we used to give him give him shit for it but now you look back and it's something admirable for sure yeah yeah a lot of a lot of good times and he did keep a pg so that was good but but i'm i'm telling <laughs> you the the lax ball really helped me 
really helped me just understand from a catcher's perspective, you know, where I was going to put the ball at the knees. But, uh, yeah, I worked on some blocks <laughs> in there too, definitely, me, me and Leak. But, yep. uh, yeah, good good stuff. Um, now, last thing, we're just going to get into rapid-fire questions. So I just shoot off a question. You answer first thing that comes to your mind, and then, and then we'll be done. But uh, favorite book? Favorite book? Uh, probably the one that resonated with me the most was The Arm. Uh, by Jeff Passan. Uh, so I actually read that when I was going through Tommy John surgery, but just kind of a story about a couple of different big leaguers who were at different stages in their career. You know, some of them had the surgery more than once, um, you know, some inside perspective on, on guys who, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly from that, that was probably, you know, something that, you know, gave me some advice and touched me. Favorite memory from baseball. Oh, favorite memory from baseball. Tough one. Um, yeah, I got to say when my freshman year at Babson, um, when we won the conference, when we won the new Mac, and that was my first time in a dog pile on a baseball field. That was pretty special. Yep. Pretty sweet. Uh, favorite food? Steak. Yeah, nice New York strip, medium rare. Huh. All right, perfect. Uh, might be on the spot one, but what is something uncomfortable that you're going to start doing in order to grow? Uh, learning Spanish. I'm going to try. Um, oh. I'm going to try to learn a little more Spanish. You know, I know un poquito, that's, but, uh, you know, enough <laughs> to kind of be conversational. Um, but, you know, definitely, I think a big thing for me, especially, you know, if I want to keep coaching professionally, being able to communicate with, with more players, you know, in depth, uh, would I think be big for me. Yeah. And, uh, something you often forget you're grateful for. Uh, I mean, uh, it's going to sound a little, a little cheesy, but like family and friends, I mean, like I haven't lived at home in about a year. Uh, you know, I went to, went to Florida for the internship and then right into spring training into a season, uh, and really haven't been around family and friends for a long time. And it's been awesome. Yeah. I'm not home right this second, but like being home for the last month or so, you know, seeing some people just, you know, talking to people more like it's, uh, it's been nice. So definitely something that I missed for the last, you know, about a year. Yeah. Best life lesson that baseball has taught you? Oh, I mean, probably that, you know, the game of baseball or any part of your life, like, you're not owed anything, right? Like, you know, I was I was told by a coach once it, it resonated with me, like, you know, you could decide to stop playing baseball tomorrow or you could get hurt and your career could end tomorrow. The game is going to move on. You know, like, like anything, you know, with your life too, like the world's not going to stop just because you stop doing something or you decide to give up on something. You know, if you want something, you have to go and earn it. You know, you have to put the work in, uh, you know, and, you know, winning, no one's guaranteed to win uh, at any level. No one's guaranteed to, you know, do what they want to do. Uh, and you really have to go make things happen yourself. Last one, advice to your five-year-old self. Oh, 
uh, start doing uh, <laughs> sprint training a, a little earlier. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in all in all seriousness, you know, just you know, enjoy the game. Like I think that there were there were times, you know, where I probably took things, you know, not too seriously, but didn't take a step back to, uh, you know, in, enjoy moments as they happened. Um, you know, when it comes to baseball, like there is. I'm fortunate enough to work in baseball and be on the field just about every day. Uh, but you know, there's, there's some point where you're, you know, you're out there in sneakers and a BP top and you're not out there in a uniform and cleats. So, you know, take advantage of all the time you have. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's, that's all I got. Um, yeah. So I just want to, again, if the, if the listeners, if the listeners have any, have any questions, for Alex, they can. Would it be okay for them to like DM you or shoot you a DM if they if they were interested in in seeing what it was like to work in baseball and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, especially like if there are people that want to work in baseball, you know, in that like college, that college high school age, like always happy to help. You know, there were a lot of people that took the time to talk to me and offer me advice and give me opportunities, and I wouldn't wouldn't have this job if it wasn't for those people. So always happy to, uh, you know, help return the favor where I can. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in, in professional baseball and want to learn more about Alex, reach out to us at Primal Baseball and I, and I can connect you guys. And uh, that's all we got for the podcast. Hope to see you guys next episode. And uh, thanks Alex for coming on and sharing your knowledge and, and time with us. Yeah, no problem, Jordy. Thanks for having me.